Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www.slowburnwaco.com yeah I love my HBCU And boy, boy I love it, love it yeah. I love it, love it yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU And man yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. man. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab To see if my team won a loss If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse But if they won, she tired uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah 
Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, Charles, they know what they be talking about. Talking they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. So listen to Professor. To fight for our institution, for our conference. We have to continue to fight for our culture. We have to continue to knock on walls to get respect. We not, we're knocking on walls. You've accomplished some things that hadn't been accomplished in this program and in this conference. But now it's time to come back and knock the walls down. We have to continue to fight for our This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Charles Bishop, Eddie Drew, for the coach. Welcome to episode 48 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. From institutions large and small, from AIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture and HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business for HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, so we have uh, pro- clinical professor Drew in the house, in the building, and we are filming from our home studio and sending a signal live to KSOH 12.30 a.m. Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, none other than Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. As I said, for some, may not quite have the volume on Tuesday, so I thought it would be great just to play it again. And remind everybody, as I've said for a while now, this is for the coach. With that mm-hmm. being said, let me go to you, Professor Bishop. How are you doing today? Doing well, Dr. Cavill. It's beautiful sunshine here in Houston, Texas. And that means a golf course is somewhere close by. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you going to get on the golf course after the show? You going to it in? Hey, we're gonna try to get some swings up somewhere on somebody's uh somebody's range at least. <laughs> then I like to, you know, we talking about for the culture, you got to support the black media journalists specifically, as they say. I like oh, yeah. that. I like no doubt, Shout no out doubt. To Jamil here. Mm-hmm. With that being said, let me go to Professor Drew. How are you doing today? Well, it's been raining here in South Georgia, so uh, my clubs are still collecting dust right now, uh, uh, Mr. Bishop. So <laughs> one one day I am going to pull them back out and uh, blow the dust off of them and see uh, see what I can do with them. And th- uh, thank God I've got a job where I'm inside most of the day. You know, I don't have I don't have the leisure time that you do to just go play golf and everything like that. I I, I got to spend my day educating people. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we 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 do what we do over here in uh, South Georgia. <laughs> yeah, some some people got it like that. You know, I'm not going to say no name. Charles Bishop. Uh, shout out to Maurice. Jackson, Benjamin Richardson, Chuck Hunt in the building, checking us out. Noel Price, always sending love. Anthony Johnson is in the building as well. Who else we got? Ricky Burton, Pamela Richard Henderson, SSBTSU, Edwin D. White, more. Wansi Hill says, what's up, Doc? Yeah, what's going on? Kevin Harris. 
Brown is in the building. Is that Takra? Brown? Wendell Davis. Brother Davis, I see you in the lab. Appreciate you jumping in the lab today and checking us out. So we can bring you some news. We're going to get in there and talk a little bit about the, what transpired the last couple of days. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the basketball game. We'll jump on that. And then we'll get into a deeper dive into some baseball, maybe touch on some softball a little bit, at least give you some updates on what's going on there. G-Boom, Holly is in the house saying hello to everybody. With that being said, I'll jump on it, get your opinions of it. That way we can get back to some other news. But Talladega College falls short of an NAIA national title in the championship game. Uh, they were outplayed for most of the game by Loyola, Louisiana. They won 71-56. Charles, you said this, that this may just be a matchup problem. Mike said it as well. Uh, Drew, and you talked about being able to make some plays and get over the rebounding issue, um, and they couldn't do it. Got down really early, and it was about a seven, eight-minute uh, time of possession in the first half, the latter part of the first half, where it was really a good game, close. It could go anyway, and then all of a sudden it went on this um, – run if you're a Loyola and you did get to a point because you all were calling the game at the watch party really did well on that shout out to you all uh I actually watched the broadcast on one phone and then listen to you all and the watch party um and it got to five with about eight minutes left he was like hey it's a game now and then it looked like they spent so much energy to catch back up the Loyola was able to go on another run, and they just couldn't get any closer than that. And shout-out to Loyola. Credit to them for winning the championship. What a great year for Talladega, but a tough year since they were in the same conference. So as much success they've had in terms of wins, they literally don't have any championships they can put their hands on because they played in the same conference with the team that won the conference championship, played in the same conference, obviously, in the championship game. Didn't get a championship game there. And then for the national title, fell short there. And so could not quite duplicate uh, in terms of what we were talking about with Georgetown and Villanova losing those first three games and finding a way to win the biggest game in the championship game. Uh, I'll start with you, Professor Drew, since uh, you kind of called the game and provide some insight. And then we'll get on to Charles. Just see any quick thoughts you might have in terms of that matchup that took place there. Go ahead, Drew. If you take the 13-0 run that Loyola had in the mid-first half, essentially Talladega played even for the remainder of the game. You know, at halftime, Talladega was uh, two for 12 from behind the arc. Uh, for those uh, mathematicians, that's 12.5%. That's that's a tough percentage to be shooting uh, from from behind the arc, and uh, I believe Loyola at halftime was shooting uh, in in the mid thirties, and like 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 you guys pointed out, uh, Mike was the one who uh, really hammered on this rebounding, rebounding, rebounding. Loyola out rebounded Talladega forty seven to thirty two, including. 18 to 10 on the offensive boards. Those those 18 rebounds led to 18 second chance points versus four for Talladega. And then points in the paint is another glaring statistic as I uh, go back and uh, look at the statistics. Favorite Loyola, 34-18. Well, when you look at all those stuff, 
it's there's no wonder that Loyola beat Ta- Talladega. And with Talladega being a jump shooting team, they only went to the line 15 times and converted nine of those 15. By contrast, Talladega, 15 free throw attempts. Loyola, 14 free throw makes, 14 out of 25. So when a team hits hits as many free throws as you attempt, most of the time when you look at the final score, the team that hit the hit more free throws than the other team attempt is going to win. Yeah, that's usually the case. Great indication and great breakdown. Charles, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, AD summed it up. I mean, when you take a look at it, and I, I especially uh, notice, you know, when when you're calling basketball games uh, with, with with Jackson State women's basketball team, uh, you touched on it. Those second chance opportunities uh, can really be a difference in the game, especially when you get on the boards and you're out rebounding the team, and you create an opportunity to continue. Uh, for offensive possession. So I think you just summed up that was the story of the game right there in terms of uh, what Loyola was able to do against Talladega. And at the end of the day, maybe it was more of a matchup problem. Uh, you know, anytime you, you do lose to a team four times in a season, you know, there, there was just a missing component there uh, for Talladega. And, and let, me, let me touch on something. You mentioned the rebounding thing. And Brian and I touched on this uh, during our watch party. You know, We've all been around basketball enough to know to be a good rebounding team, an excellent rebounding team, it has to be in your DNA. You cannot go into practice the day before a game and say, we got to focus on rebounding and do rebounding drills. They're going to make you tremendously better. You could do, you could do shooting drills. There are certain drills that you could do day before the game, one and shoot around that will have an impact on the game. There's no rebounding drill that's going to make you want to go chase down that loose ball, to want to tip that ball two, three times, and then just finally out jump your man. You know, yeah, you work on your box out, but what, what happens when that box out may be decent, may be good, but the person who you're boxing out has just that much more effort to, they may not get the rebound, but they can keep the ball alive when one of their teammates get the rebound. That's what Loyola did. They were a great you saw rebounding that all, team. You saw that during the game quite yes. a bit. You saw that all during the game. I don't want to belabor too much of the point because I do want to get in some other news there. Professor Bishop, what else do you have on the docket in terms of some news? Yeah, let's get to some uh, other uh, deals going on. SWAC Baseball Weekly Honors. The SWAC has tabbed Alabama State's Hunter May and Osvaldo Mendez, SWAC Baseball Players of the Week, for their outstanding performances this past weekend. Here the week was Hunter May. He finished uh, the week with the Horn- for the Hornets hitting 636 in a three-game sweep of FAMU in conference play. Once 7 of 11 from the plate, uh, drove in 10 runs in that three-game series. Uh, May finished with three doubles and a pair of home runs on the weekend while slugging 1.455 and recording an on-base percentage of 692. Pitcher of the week was Osvaldo Mendez. Mendez came in relief in Saturday's game, won five and two-thirds. Uh, scoreless innings for the Hornets in the win. He did not allow a base runner in picking up the win out of the bullpen and struck out eight batters in the process. So huge week for Alabama State Hornets baseball uh, with that weekend sweep of FAMU. Appreciate it. Great update, man. That was a big one to start out the season. And we'll get a little more into the baseball run in the second half, so I don't jump too far in there. But I want to shout out Chuck Hunt says, AD, 
and Brian did a great job with the HBCU watch party of Talladega Lola NIA Men's National Championship game Tuesday night. I tune in to listen to them, analyze the game. Edwin Dwight Moore jumps in there a little more. Professor Drew, are you a stats coach? Man, they like you breaking down all the stats. <laughs> but with that being said, let's jump on to some more news. What other news do you have out there in the HBC world Power that off. interests you right now? Well, Charles, well, I... Oh, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I'll send you your SWAC uh, baseball honors and raise you the BAC baseball honors with uh, Copper State Redshirt Junior infielder Brian Nicholas and Norfolk State sophomore infielder Rafi Rodriguez selected as the BA Baseball's co-players of the week. Copper pitcher Justin Johnson was also named rookie of the week while Norfolk State sophomore Dalton Barnum earned pitcher of the week honors. Uh, Nicholas was uh, 7 for 16 on the week uh, at the plate this past week, driving in seven runs and scoring four times. Rodriguez racked up four multi-hit games and five outings for the Spartans, going nine for 19 from the plate with five RBIs and five runs scored. Johnson, that's his first career save on Friday against Delaware State, tossing three scoreless innings. And Barnum tossed seven strong innings on Sunday to pick up his – uh, first win of the season against Maryland Eastern Shore. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sticking with the MEAC, Charles, you got some, looks like uh, Central going to make a move with the AD position? Uh, yeah, Skip Perkin. Looks like he's coming back to North Carolina Central. So, uh, you know, shout out to uh, North Carolina Central, bringing back one of their own, come back and uh, become the athletic director uh, for North Carolina Central. So, uh, that's news that's out there as well. Yeah, I like the fact when you talk about the AD mix, um, you also had an intriguing article, if you would, uh, from HBCU Game Day talking about um, Morgan State. Um, obviously, they were speaking to the fact that they're looking for an athletic director and a head football coach as well. Uh, and then uh, you have it in terms of the commitment they have navigating that space, but they're saying that they're committed to the MEAC. With that being said, let's go to the break, and then we'll come in with our guests right after the break. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab. For authentic Caribbean food like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta, well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, 
This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of And who the ball, so listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention. This is Dr. DeVille with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment, so we have Professor Drew jumping in and coming in and providing some clinical professorship. And then we have our interview with Michael Coker of Black College, Black College 9, if you would. He's going to talk a little bit about Black College HBCU World Series, I should say, um, and give you some updates. That's a big announcements that he had early in the year, working feverishly to bring that together. And we're going to let him break down and tell all those that haven't seen it uh, in terms of what it is. And then we'll get into some details to give you how things are coming along with that. So let me just say, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Dr. Gravel. I'm glad that you uh, to be on your show and uh, you, Charles Bishop. It's a pleasure always to come back to talk HBCU baseball. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity to allow me to come on and help uh, with this great event that's coming up in terms of consultant. But I really don't want to steal all the thunder because I want to get a chance for you to break down some things. Uh, and first, let's just talk about what is essentially this event about? This event is about crowning a national championship for HBCUs. Uh, Ten years ago, a head coach from Bluefield State named Jeffrey Hunter, I, I called him to get some information on a player. And he said some things that just shook the core of my life. What he said was, he says, you know, at HBCUs, we have nothing to play for. And I says, coach, you're playing games every day during the season. So what do you mean? He says, outside a, a, a regular season and a conference championship, what do we have? He says, not, not every program has the ability to win the conference every year. So we need to uh, have a conference championship. And I said, well, we have that. And he says, but you got to think outside the box. We need a national tournament to crown an HBCU champion. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I said, okay, well, let me do something about it. Let's stop having crowning these um, these champions uh, through polls. Let's put this on the field. So it took me 10 years to finally develop a tournament where we had the inaugural tournament in Montgomery, a perfect location because it's situated where there's a bunch of HBCUs and we have a big, huge HBCU fan base. And that's leading to a national title, not just from 2021, which we put on, but this year, which is May uh, 10th to the 15th in Montgomery. 
but it's going to happen down the line. Now, we're trying to ink a five-year deal with the Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, like I said, it's situated perfectly for HBCUs. We're gaining national attention. What I like is we have a good committee, which you are a part of, and uh, Roy Evans and A.D. Drew, uh, one of your production teams. They, we are a good team. We are really working previously to put this event on to make sure that this happens. We're not doing it just for 2022. We are set up as to where we can do this the next 5, 10, 15 years. We will no longer, no longer crown a champion through, through just the media voting uh, a mystical champion. No more mystical. We will settle this on the field. Now, this is an 18 tournament. Eight teams will compete for the national title. Last year, Bluefield State came out of nowhere and shocked everyone and won our initial well, World Series. This year, we've got some really good quality teams that are really starting to win some ball games that are, are going to be coming to the tournament. So what I say to fans is this is something that needs to be supported throughout the HBCU community. This needs to be, uh, it's going to be broadcasted uh, worldwide. We have a good production team. Uh, it's going to be streamed. And I, I, I ask everybody in the HBCU stratosphere to, if you don't make it to Montgomery, which I'm hoping you do, at least check out every game, check out the teams, because baseball is a part of HBCU history. Our very first team was in the 1800s, and that was Atlanta University, which is now commonly called and affectionately loved as Clark Atlanta. That was our first HBCU, and then the Negro League got started, and the Negro League was taking players from HBCUs, and then Major League Baseball decided to do the same. Now, before the glamour sports of basketball and football came on, there was baseball, and we were baseball players. So this is bringing young kids back to the forefront of baseball, and that's what I like about it, and that's what I like what this committee's doing, and that includes you, Dr. Cabell. Well, again, I thank you. I'm honored just to uh, be able to have an opportunity to really give my expertise. And the fact that you see my expertise is important, uh, bring, come to the table. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I think beyond what you're doing, which was really the forefront of this, and the fact that you told the historical factor, that it's not something that you were able just to come up with and then year one or year two landed. It, you had to cultivate it, create relationships, work on these various relationships. And it came, it took about 10 years just to get off the ground, you know, with the financial pieces and things of that nature. And still working to get a long-term deal. Um, with that being said, I'm gonna go to Professor Drew uh, with the relationship you have being on this committee. But I'm gonna take you from this side. I want you to ask the question, Mike. Well, I, I I need to switch hats, but I, I refuse to take off this uh, Black College World Series hat that I got on right now. Make sure everybody can see that uh, up close. You know, that's why I came to you. I was <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, Doc. Oh, you see how he snuck that in there? You know, he, wanted, I, he see me coming on here with some of these things I like to tease everybody with. He made sure <laughs> that he had his first bid. I guess we'll get ours in the mail later. 
Yeah. And the funny thing is, Doc, I I got home 15 minutes before the show, and I've got a package when I get home, and I open it up, and what's in the package is this hat. Nice. And, and nice. of course, that was 15 minutes after you text me and asked me, could I come on? And then I did not know Michael was going to be on the show. So how ironic that all, all this happened uh, today. Uh, but getting back to the things at hand. First of all, Michael, uh, once you tell everybody where you play baseball at so people can kind of uh, really get the full context of what, where you're coming from. I'm an HBCU graduate. Uh, uh, although I have advanced my career into law, uh, I'm, a, I'm a proud graduate of Edward Waters University. Now, when I came out, it was Edward Waters College. It wait. just recently became Edward Waters University. It was Edward Waters College last year, so. <laughs> so. I resonate with the college, not the university, but I am a proud graduate. And uh, I, I spent three years on the baseball field. Uh, I had scouts looking at me. I thought I was going to get drafted. I didn't. But at the same time, I graduated. That's what that meant more to me. What baseball did to me, and this can only happen at HBCUs, baseball at HBCUs took me to places I would have never gone on my own. All right. All right. Now, Michael, let's get back into this World Series thing. Uh, and you, and you're, uh, you are the executive director of the committee, Black College Championships. So... I just want you right now to tell everybody what has been your biggest uh, success as far as pulling this thing together. And then what has been your biggest obstacle uh, that has, you know, for this particular year, there's been your biggest obstacle getting some of this stuff together for this Black College World Series in Montgomery. Well, I, I would like to speak first on the committee. Uh, this committee was formed in Montgomery. We saw some things. We said that we needed to grab it by the horn and present it forward. We started actually planning for 2022 in Montgomery. And what, what it did was it led us to, we did a lot of conversation. We started talking. And then AD Drew and I just started doing a lot of uh, uh, planning. We started looking at things. One of the very first things we did was we went to all the conferences to get the conference, their conference championship dates so that we could present it to the Montgomery Biscuits and say, okay, these are the dates we want for the tournament. This is when we can um, nestle in this event. The Montgomery Biscuits, from that point on, has been on board. Uh, the committee that we have is pushing hard because we meet weekly. What I really like about this is, is I'm a wild child when it comes to this. I say that because it took me 10 years and I had a lot of people come on that failed me and failed to deliver. Black college championships, we are working diligently through sponsorship, through planning, through the website, through social media, through the city of Montgomery, through the national media, at every levels, we are out there pushing this event. And this is why I really feel good about what we're doing. I think that we assemble a group of professional men who have the HBCU background, with the exception of two, but the HBCU background as to where we know what it's gonna take and how we are gonna present this. And that's what I like about our committee. The, 
the pitfalls that I have having to deal with is sometimes I think things take too long and that's personal. I have to get over that. I have to realize that, you know, you know, if I want something on a, uh, on a Monday, I don't expect to get it Tuesday. And I don't, if I don't get it Tuesday, then, you know, I'm crying Wednesday. But you know, <laughs> what I like is the committee keeps me grounded. They, they, they're constantly uh, making sure that as the executive director, that we all work together. And you so, cannot find that unless you come from an HBCU. So, Michael, let me, let me ask this question. Uh, and the million dollar question for me is, uh, what are the teams or what are the conferences that make up this HBCU World Series? Well, you won't know the teams until the uh, end of the regular season. Sure, and, sure. What and, conferences? Well, it's you have the NAIA and you have the uh, the uh, nat the national. Um, I'm sorry, the NCAA Division II okay. programs. Okay, you we 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 cannot go with a conference because we really only have three HBCU conferences, and two of those HBCU conferences are the large schools, and then the, the one HBCU is the SIAC. And so what we what we're doing is is instead of having an automatic. Uh, a bid. We, we we're doing an invite because until we can, you know, you, you don't want to get yourself bogged down with having, you know, saying, okay, uh, you know, if, if a conference champion wins, and you know, you, it, we, you that's not being fair to everybody. And we need to be fair to every HBCU that has a winning record, and then we have a good selection committee. Now, I won't be a part of that committee because, you know, the um, being the uh, the chair for Black College Nines voting um, top 10 poll, it wouldn't be fair to me to uh, direct that committee into making a sound selection. So I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm re I have rescinded myself from doing that because we want the best HBCUs in this tournament. Uh, we don't want just any team coming down. We want the best because we're, we're competing at a national collegiate championship level. And that's what this tournament is about. Pretty awesome. We're going to get in this break. But, Mike, if you can stay around, we'd love to bring you back to the next segment where we can get in the early part of the season. Conference play just started for the SWAC and the MEAC. We want to concentrate a little bit on the Division One. So if you would, if you can hold around, give us a little more time. We want to bring you back for a second second. Sure. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break, and we'll get into the second half. We had to start talking about innings. Is this like the fifth inning, sixth inning? How are you, seventh <laughs> inning stretch? We'll do that. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slow Burn. Visit our website, www slowburnwaco.com Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars it's more than a mobile lounge it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury and personality an elegant extension of any celebration occasion it's the perfect escape and meeting place a space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slow Burn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. 
Dot-com. But if they won, she's half. Uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love love and who the So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention as he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Leo with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We have Professor Drew and Professor Bishop while we're interviewing Michael Coker of the BlackCollegeNines.com baseball website. During the break, it's always interesting what kind of conversation we get in. I just want to point out to folks, since uh, maybe they did not know it. I know I said it the first time, but we have people in and out. Yes, you know, I put different things in there, and it gives you a little insight to who Dr. Bill is. Obviously, you know my HBCU fandom, the HBCU culture, the HBCU athletics, aesthetics. I have that all behind me at football, at home, in my home studio. I have the basketball. Got to get me some baseballs. I have those and have those up as well. But this here is a Lego, and I know Drew and Michael thought it was actually a tennis shoe, and Mike has a pair like that, and so no, this is actually a Lego, for those that don't know, is it, I've become an engineer before I went into the professorship side in the academy, uh, I've always built with Legos, collected Legos, and kept them all this time, when I had my son, I couldn't wait till he got three, and was interested, and I passed on my whole Lego set, and so um, I got this as a gift from my wife, the Legos, and he built it with me. So that's uh, my connection is hip hop, like many of us are run DMC fans. So I saw that, had to have it. With that being said, before we get too far off the tangent, I did want to share that with everybody. Michael Coker, uh, before we get into um, the MEAC or SWAG, maybe a little bit, whatever direction uh, Drew and uh, Bishop would like to go, for those, as we just talked about the tournament, how can you get information on the tournament? And I think there was a question out there about the cap. I'm sure that you'll be able to go to the website uh, before too long and get the cap. And certainly if you're able to come down there, we'll have caps available for the game. But tell them how they can get tickets. Tickets can be purchased on the website. There is a a special page to purchase uh, tickets. Now, tickets are uh, – we we have them broken up. 
as do single game tickets, uh, um, uh, day tickets, day passes, uh, half day passes. Uh, we have lawn seats available. It's general admission. You have to go to blackcollegechampionships.com to get your tickets. I advise everybody to get them early and often and get as many as you can. This is a, a premier event. Uh, the only way you're going to get tickets is, is, is online uh, unless you decide to wait for the day of the e event to attend. But it's best to get your tickets now while they uh, are available. Thank you for that. Let me just jump back in here and ask somebody about this baseball. I'm going to start with you, Professor Bishop. Let's get in some of that baseball. What question do you want to ask Mike in terms of Division One baseball, if you would? No doubt. Uh, and, I mean, uh, some really interesting matchups this past weekend. But I'll tell you, the, the series that caught my eye was the fact that Mississippi Valley State took two or three from Alabama A&M. What do you make of Mississippi Valley State's uh, baseball team thus far? Coach Stanley Stubbs, a difference maker. Every stop he has made, he has turned programs around. Mm. Stanley Stubbs is a uh, he, he's a protege of uh, uh, Babby from Jackson State. Uh, Stubbs went to uh, Savannah State, got with uh, uh, Coach Carlton. Everywhere he'd gone, Lane, uh, Benedict. Every stop he has made, Rust, he has to get kids to buy into the program. Now, he's doing something, and what, what I really like about what Stubbs is doing, he's changing the thinking of that program. Hmm. Mississippi Valley has not won a ball game in two years. You know, even through COVID, they did not win a game. The school did That's not true. I forgot about that. The school did not support the program. Hmm. Now he has got the school to buy in to support the program. He's getting top-notch kids. Now he brought some kids over with him from Rust. And those young men, those 18, 19-year-olds that helped turn that program around, Rust, that participated in the Black College World Series is over there with him at Mississippi Valley. And they are making a difference. Uh, these are high-minded honor students that are out there performing on the field and they're winning ball games. He's got a good team. If don't do not be shocked. If you see Mississippi Valley in a, the SWAC conference championship game, I'm putting that out on the line. Wow. Okay. I, and, and yeah, I thought he was going to tease out the tournament. He jumped to the championship game. Go ahead. He went to the championship game. Well, well, okay, these are cardiac kids. They One game they got blown out. I I, um, I, I forget the name. I, I, I think it was Mississippi State. I, if, if, I could be wrong about that, but they played one of those uh, SEC teams, and they really got blown out. But the kids played, and they hung in there. They, they didn't quit. They were still chasing uh, ground balls. They were still chasing foul balls. And now they're cardiac kids. They're finding ways to come back. You put three runs on them, they're going to put two. You put mm -hmm. another three runs on them, they're going to put another two. And then if you don't put a run on them, they're going to put two more runs on you. This is how these kids are playing. They're okay. playing like, you know, it, it's that old school baseball. What you do, I can do better. 
I'm doing my mic. Uh, Valley? We talking about Valley? <laughs> <laughs> well, sticking with you, Drew, go ahead and ask a follow-up question. Uh, Valley? Valley? Yeah, that Valley. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael Coker, uh, you know, you, you gave us a, a good uh, Division One, at least as far as the SWAT goes. But I want to talk about the article that you guys just put out uh, earlier today on Black College Nines about a Division Two player called, named Brandon O'Connor from Benedict College, and he's on pace to do break a record that stood for over uh, hmm. 30 years, not in Black College baseball, in Division Two baseball. Tell, tell us about this story, uh, Michael. This kid has been a starter. O'Connor has been a starter from uh, day one, his freshman year in 2018. And you have to understand the system that he plays in. Uh, Coach Selwyn Young is a former Major League Baseball player. Um, he was in the uh, minor leagues with the Oakland A's when Ricky Henderson was just stealing bases on any and everybody. So he has that firsthand experience. He teaches his kids how to dissect a pitcher's move so that they're on the run. Now, what he's done over the years is he, he has set records that will not be broken. And he's given this kid, Brandon uh, O'Connor, the green light. Anytime he gets on base, he has the green light to go. And what they do is most teams, when they're, when they're warming up, you know, you're watching them take their infield and take their outfield practices pregame. Not Benedict. They're watching the starting pitcher. They're watching his moves uh, to home. They're, wa- they're, they're dissecting his move. Now, this kid would have had the record last year. Uh, they shut down. They only played, um, uh, I think it was, what, 21-22 games. In those 21-22 games, he still had – I'm sorry, eight games. He shut down after eight games. He still had 25 stolen bases. Uh, in 2019, he was the uh, statistical NCAA Division II stolen base statistical champion when he had 47 stolen bases. Last year, he was on pace to steal 100. This year, he's on pace to steal 126. Right now, he has 52 stolen bases and has only been thrown out four times. Also, and I might I need to add this, Benedict has stole, stolen 160 bases at this point in 21 games and have been only thrown out 20 times. They will run on you in a heartbeat. Brandon O'Connor is fast, uh, and he's beating division, beating top catchers uh, that have guns. When I say guns, these catchers have strong arms. When they come into the game, they look at him and they laugh and they say, oh, this kid can't run on me. We, we, you know, Their scouting report is keep an eye on him. When he takes off and he's beating throws to second base by two or three steps, that's when they're saying that kid is fast. And what I like about it is because he, he puts them in a position to manufacture runs because you don't have too many people who will still second, third, and then think about home, and that's him. 
he'll run on you in a heartbeat. And at the pace that he's going, uh, the first four games of the year was against nationally ranked Glenville State. He stole eight bases against Glenville, against a a, a, a the number two catcher in uh, Division II baseball. And then his stats from 2019 had him, uh, he was, com- all of his stats combined uh, outnumbered all of Division I, Division II, and uh, NCAA Division III baseball. This kid will light it up. Now, the question is... Mike, well, before we get too far in there, I do give them a chance to tell them where they can go get the article because we we're going to get into this last break. So let them know where they can go get the, the details on some of the things you're talking about, this young man, how special he is. Where can they go read the article? Read the, you go Black College Nines. Uh, you can read the, the um, article on how he's uh, going to eclipse the uh, NCAA record. The NCAA record is 96 stolen bases. Uh, he, he's on pace to get 126. Uh, you can find that article on nice. Black College Nines and also – if you want to do some fact checking, you can go to the NCAA uh, Division II uh, baseball statistical website, and you will pull up um, anything and everything that you need to know about. Uh, One quick thing, rapid session before we get out of it, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask that. Uh, back to the D1 a little bit, and then when we bring it back, we'll take a deeper dive, Division Two. But coming into the season, who who'd you have at the top of Swag East? I don't care. I'm going with <laughs> like Alabama that. State. You can't get him in there. He won't bite on it. I, no I got to go with Alabama State. <laughs> West. Who you board. got West? I, I, got do like West? Texas, I do like Texas Southern. Okay. And because I know. In the I know, MEAC. Who do you have in the MEAC? In the MEAC, Delaware State. Mm. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm well, that'll do it for us. Well, thank you, Mike. Go ahead. I'm pushing it with with, with the MEAC because they don't have that many teams. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, that was a little default there. Uh, it's so good to have you, Mike. Great information. Really appreciate the detail that you uh, provide, colleagues over there as the lead uh, writer over there. Uh, with Black College Nines, just giving us all information, and that's obviously on the large, small division, as you call it, major, mid-major division. That's Division One, Division Two, and NEIA programs, and even some independent programs that you put out there. The weekly poll, we'll be doing that. I get the vote in that. Charles votes in that. A.B. Drew votes in that. Um, and so we'll be providing updates uh, when those polls come out just to keep people updated on baseball. And as we matriculate through the season, we'd love to have you back, get some updates on the uh, – HBCU World Series, as well as just some updates of the season and how things are going both at the Division II level, NIA, and Division I level. But I want to thank you for your time. Anytime. All you got to do is uh, let me know, and I'll be, I'll be more than happy to continue. I think you have a great show. No thank problem. You. We'll thank be back. Know. We'll come back after this break, and we'll get into, since we're talking about baseball, we'll get into the ninth inning. We'll have to close it out. We bringing in the closers. Charles, you ready to close? Let's go. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this break. Thanks. to the pin. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help 
to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lock them. And about, about. So listen to Professor Yessa and pay attention. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Special Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, Sports Lab, I should say, sitting in for Mike Washington as the clinical professor is none other than Professor Drew. I know football just never seems to die. We find a way to get to talk about it, obviously, in a little bit of spring uh, football as folks are going through that, uh, getting ready for some spring games. Folks are certainly excited about that time because they can get out to tailgate and while they're hanging around and doing some baseball and tailgating out there as well. At least we do that here in this part of Texas. We find whatever reason we can tell, but we're going to sneak in here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You see that, y'all. You know how that is. Uh, we're going to get into some of these football schedules. We have some more football schedules released, so we'll get into those, and uh, we'll start around and see what sticks out to you. We got Alcorn State uh, 2022. They jump off with uh, Stephen F. Austin. Um playing Magnese State as well. Then they get into the meat of their conference. Uh, as you know, having a lot more of those road games as they only have the three home games, obviously still dealing with a little about the ramifications of a couple of years ago. So it'll be fascinating to see how that goes. Howard University has an intriguing schedule for some. Uh, some people point out that they have uh, the Ivy League school, um, Yale and Harvard. They have Harvard at home, Yale on the road. They have Morehouse College, which is a big deal in terms of private institution. It goes back, and that's in New York. That's the HBCU New York Football Classic. They have the rival against the Battle of the HU. And then, obviously, kick things off, I should have said, uh, really starting there is the Miax Wack Challenge against Alabama State. A lot of people are interested in that. Obviously, they have the six-member conference, so the conference is back in, and it really gets interesting over the last five weeks. In the season against South Carolina State last year's uh, Dr. Bill's inside HBC Sports Lab, uh, HBCU National Champion, if you would. I know Charles chuckles at that some bit, but you know, I understand. I understand. Hey, hey. Said Tennessee. Yeah, I know hey. you wasn't against it. I just hey, they black, they black college <laughs> national champs. 
They won it. All right, to Jackson State. Now, I know you take credit for that one, as you should. With that being said, we have Tennessee State schedule that was literally just released. Uh, three HBCUs, including the homecoming game, back on Hell Stadium that they're excited about against Division II Lane College out of SIEC. Obviously, they have the Jackson State uh, Southern Heritage Classic that uh, got a lot of talk about. That is on the schedule, at least for 2022. We'll see beyond that, uh, as it may be quite doubtful. Um, and then they have out of the spike, the Bethune-Cookman uh, is on the road um, as Tennessee State hosts Bethune-Cookman Wildcats on October 8th. Then they get into their conference again. They got a six-team conference. Remember, they have that partnership with the Southland Conference, so uh, they'll play in terms of a new member of the Division II program out of the Southland Conference. Texas A&M Commerce, which is actually at the end of the year, and they're on the road for that game, which is fascinating to me in some kind of way, uh, Texas A&M Conference. Then you have South Carolina State. I'll let Drew talk a little bit about the South Carolina State before I start to mix it up and ask your thoughts on uh, what catches your eye on any or all of those schedules. Starting with you, give us a little update in terms of what stands out with South Carolina schedule for you, Professor Drew. South Carolina State opens the season with four straight road games. Uh, they play Central Florida in Orlando on September 1st, followed by uh, traveling to Daytona to play Bethune on September 10th. Uh, they've got they travel to Greensboro to play North Carolina A&T on September 17th. And then the big the big check game when they travel to University of South Carolina in Columbia on October 1st. They finally go home on uh, in, in October where they have FAMU on October 8th. Uh, everybody's favorite HBCU date for homecoming, Virginia Lynchburg on October 15th. And then they finally opened up a conference play October 27th, 22nd against Central. Uh, back on the road to take on Morgan State on October 29th. Uh, host Delaware State on November 5th, go to D.C. to play Howard on November 12th, and what everybody's going to anticipate once again to be the game that's going to come down to the BIAC uh, at home against Norfolk State on November 19th. Good deal, good deal. Let me go to you, Professor Bishop. Any thoughts for you in terms of these schedules that are jumping out? What stands out to you? Uh, Tennessee State. Excited, or what makes you ponder? Yeah, Tennessee State getting an opportunity to get those HBCU games in. Uh, that's, you know, important, uh, I think, to their fan base, that they uh, see some teams that kind of look like them, see some fan bases look like them. So you got this Southern Heritage Classic, or Chuck, Chuck Hunt called it Should Night Classic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got Jackson State probably possibly one more time. We'll, we'll see what happens with regards to the Southern Heritage Classic, but uh, should be an uh, interesting uh, schedule with Tennessee State. Uh, to get a chance to homecoming with Lane College, that should be huge uh, there on campus at Hale Stadium. But the one I think that you touched on that kind of intrigues me is that that long drive at the end of the year, that long flight at the end of the year down to Texas A&M Commerce to play in uh, Kingsville, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's, you know, uh, uh, one is out of the ordinary, if you will, for Tennessee State. So uh, that, that's an intriguing schedule. And then 
power, you know. Um, you go to an Ivy League team, they host an Ivy League team. So I thought those those are unique schedules that they put together. Yeah, I'm intrigued about that Ivy League schedule. I think that's a unique uh, pageantry and a chance for, for both cultures uh, to get a chance to exchange pleasantries and um, cultures, if you would, about the football gridiron. And uh, Howard is building and rebuilding a program and looking to take that next step. So it'll be interesting to see just how competitive they are, not only in terms of the MEAC, but just in general. So it's fascinating to me. It's not released yet, but also what catches my eye in a lot of ways that's fascinating to me is that Bethune-Cookman schedule. It's going to be pretty uh, good non-conference. They have South Carolina State and Tennessee State, obviously, on the schedule. It'll be interesting to see who that third one is. Are they going to play up for the FBS program? Mm-hmm. Are they going to put another – HBC on it, but in terms of two non-conference solid HBC games uh, that uh, their fans uh, should be intrigued about, it certainly makes a very strong conference schedule. I like what they're able to do thus far, just understanding from uh, what the other teams have released is on their schedule. Obviously, you have the eight-game conference, so you got three non-conference games. They already got two of them locked in. It'd be fascinating to see what theirs look like when they release their schedule, so that's fascinating to me. So kind of wanted to pull that out. Uh, I like what you talked about in terms of also Alcorn with the Stephen F. Austin and uh, McNeese State having one at home, one on the road, FCS program, a solid schedule there. Obviously have the FBS with the money game at Tulane, so it'll be fascinating to kind of see what goes on there. Obviously you had to talk with Tennessee State. I'll kind of close on this one in terms of them saying they wanted to play more HBCUs. Let's talk out there maybe that they were going to get Howard on the schedule, North Carolina A&T. Doesn't look like that's happening at least in 2022. Be fascinating to see what goes on uh, in terms as they move forward uh, uh, in terms of scheduling country. Obviously, talking about conference alignment and those things uh, is that still up in the air? We'll see how that goes. That'll do it for us. Great show. Appreciate the time. Told you about these baseball games and got a little talk about that. Some big baseball matchup this weekend. It'll be fascinating to see what's going on. Anything has your eyes, Charles, Drew, I'll start with you, Charles. Baseball matchup that kind of has you uh, thinking about, hey, let's keep an eye on this game or, or two. Alabama State at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, that should be a Ooh. fascinating series. Uh, that's over there on the east and then in the west, Grambling and Southern. I think that's going to be a really good series uh, with, with those two locking horns this weekend. So those are the big matchups, I think, uh, that are sitting out there uh, swag baseball-wise. Let me go with you, Drew. Any uh, baseball games that had kept into your eye that you say, hey, let me keep an eye on these games here. You can go in either direction you want to go. Well, I'm going to go in a different direction with, with the baseball. You know, I've been focused on the Division twos and the NAIAs because uh, – with me being on this black college uh, championship committee, but uh, let's take, take a look at the SIAC and uh, what you got going on in the, uh, in the SIAC. Cause uh, you got a lot of teams that are clustered up there uh, together in the, uh, in the SIAC. And uh, you know, you've got a, you got a big game Tuskegee and Albany state this weekend in the SIAC and as good as Albany state has been playing where Savannah state has been playing even better as they take, uh, as they take on lane. And uh, one thing about the SIAC, they did away with divisions in the SIAC. So they will just take the best eight teams 
to the tournament instead of four from the east and four to, from the west as, as they have in the past. So it's really going to be interesting to see how that plays out because you've got about uh, uh, after Savannah State, Albany State, you've got about four teams just clustered there together that are maybe separated by a game, game and a half. Great stuff. Great dialogue. I like both directions you go. And I agree with you. Those are some big matchups. Keep your eye on baseball. Like I said, we'll get you some in the softball, too, to make sure Sherry's not dead as they're getting in and uh, getting things going. And it'd be fascinating. Some of these conference races should be good. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast and your friends uh, with your friends and your colleagues, I should say. I'm Dr. Niarcoville, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab with college of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our guest. Not really a guest. He's a clinical professor. A.D. Drew, make sure you catch him uh, with Brian. Uh, Brian and A.D. of the Sports Wrap. Download my JVN and my BCSN. You know you have the pregame show. They're just getting started. They got all the insight. All you all trying to keep your back eyes open. See what Dion is saying about Pro Day. What is he doing at his camp? You want to know what they're doing? What the season leads? Check out the pregame show because they're loaded with information. That's for sure. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Mitchell, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. I am working on a couple of other projects. Should get a couple of football coaches in here. Release our Ben, uh, Big Ben L. Calvert HBCU Football Award. That is coming up. Pushed back a little bit to make sure we can do it right for everybody. Wanted to get outside of basketball so we could give it to who it needed to have. And with that, I also want to say let's keep it going. I am doing some information because I had a request that people wanted to know about the finances of HBCU Sports. And will see if I can put that together for you as well over the next couple of weeks as we have a little more time outside of the normal sporting context. We look forward to you next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Facebook and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Follow Charles and Drew on Twitter. As you see their name scrolling across there, dream big and continue to move forward. But before we do the end, inside HBC Sports Lab 1, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you about that on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's inside HBC Sports Lab. With that said, we will talk with you soon. Charles. Of course. Bishop. I mean, Drew. (laughs) Lecture. I was thinking about Bishop because I know he's ready to get on the golf course. I'm trying to get him out of here. Dismissed.